0: You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialized fiction written and read by Tansy Bane Robbins. Our current serial is Musketeer Space. Chapter 34 The New Aristocrats. Athos answered the door with a drink in his hand. His eyes went to Dana's knuckles, which were swollen and grazed. Without a word, He stepped back to allow her into the apartment. She sat at his kitchen bar and poured herself a glass of brandy from the open bottle, while Athos raided his medical supplies. The service at Hotel Coquenard isn't what it used to be, he ventured, as he cleaned her sore hands with a sonic wand. Dana winced at his touch. The fight happened after I left the hotel. Athos's eyes sparkled with something like humour. How was dinner? Excruciating. I am never again going to trust any of you to take me anywhere that requires a dress, or prior knowledge of Porthos's love life. Seems fair. Dana's right hand was tingling and sensitive, as Athos slapped a medipatch across the back of it. Ow! Fists, he muttered. You have a pilot slice and a pearl stunner, but you go straight for the fists. I'm good with my fists. You're good with a sword. Dana gave him a wary look. I am. You are a promising pupil, he admitted. Dana felt warm all over. You've never said that before. Athos rolled his eyes. If you keep up this kind of mindless thuggery, One of these days that brain of yours will get so bruised, you'll never pilot another ship, and then what would we do? He looked embarrassed to have said so much. Dana flung herself at him for a hug, and he bore it manfully for at least five seconds before shrugging her off. That's enough of that. Dana grinned. You'll be pleased to know that I ended the fight by challenging them all to a duel. His eyebrow twitched. Goodness. How many were there? Four? The perfect number. I told them I had friends to even things up, she added, almost shyly. Athos leaned back, pleased now. Make my day. Tell me they were red hammers. I haven't had a decent skirmish in weeks. Oh, better than that, she assured him. Tourists. An odd light came into Athos's eyes. Tourists? New aristocrats off the boat from Valor. He hummed with delight. Is it my birthday, d'Artagnan? I thought you'd like that. The Luxembourg, 0600. Ah, Athos said, pushing the bottle away from them both. We'll need an early start. Should we warn Aramis and Porthos now, or... Surprise them with it in the morning. Dana, who was not above a little petty revenge on her friends, pretended to think about it for a moment or so. I like surprises, she said finally. Surprises are good. Neither Porthos nor Aramis were delighted to be dragged out of bed early enough to make it to the Luxembourg for an 0600 duel. Porthos at least got into the spirit once she arrived, doing warm-up stretches and lunges. Aramis was far less amenable. I only got to bed three hours ago, she scowled, her hands wrapped around her second cup of coffee. Poetry again, Athos said unsympathetically. It's bad for your health. He turned to Porthos. How went your siege of Chef Coquenard? Mixed results, said Porthos. Ha! Huh, said Aramis, like she didn't take him home with her last night. He wasn't there when I woke up, Porthos shot at her. He chose bread-baking and soup prep over me. But at least mine doesn't require me to write poetry. You have no romance in your soul. I'm confused about why you're putting so much effort into Dubois when she's the one who broke it off, "'Shouldn't she be courting you?' Aramis smiled to herself. "'I write better poetry.' "'So you're trying to win at relationship?' "'It passes the time.' "'Will you all shut up about your love lives?' "'complained Dana, sick of them both.' "'Athos gave her an amused look. "'That's my line.' Yes, darling, said Aramis, we all know D'Artagnan is your favourite. Will you shut up and let me finish this stanza before our playmates arrive? The new aristocrats were late and made a swaggering entrance. Porthos and Dana matched their swagger with their own, while Aramis perched on the nearby artifice rocks, scribbling notes in her poetry book. Athos hung back, looking bored though Dana knew better. She saw his shoulders relax as he took in each of their faces. Perhaps he'd worried they might recognise him from his own new aristocrat days on Valor. The tourists wore formal fencing attire, each of them displaying the flag of Valor somewhere on their person. Athos rolled his eyes so hard they nearly rattled. B wore grey and white, matching her chilly expression. Even she was embarrassed when her large friend, the Earl of Doncaster, pronounced the artifice field appropriate for an authentic Parisian duel. Sightseers, Aramis sighed. They should put us in the guide book, Porthos said, undaunted. Can I have the big one? He looks fun. I bet he makes a loud noise when he hits the ground. Housekeeping before we begin, said Athos. He held out a tablet. Your signatures, if you please. B's eyebrows almost hit her perfectly coiffed hairline. A contract for an illegal duel? That sounds like the definition of a terrible idea. As you say, illegal, said Athos, and extremely dangerous. Amateurs, and he let a beautiful sneer curl around the word have been known to get hurt in bouts such as these. By putting our names to the release, we free each other from liability, should any of us be wounded. Dana stepped closer to Porthos. Why have I never heard of these releases before? Uh, We don't bother against hammers or sabres, Porthos whispered back. They're bastards all, but honourable duelists. dirt cider tourists you can't trust as far as you can throw. We've lost good musketeers to the service because some asshole decided to sue over a scratched finger or severed artery. All the more despicable, because duels between peers aren't even illegal on valour, Aramis added. She laid her notebook and stylus aside and stood shoulder to shoulder with Porthos. Athos collected the thumbprints and assent of Lady Moi of Normandy and the Earl of Doncaster, as well as Bianca, Countess of Clarick. The last of their party took one look at the tablet and scoffed. These aren't real names. Most of you haven't put down more than one. What does Aramis or Porthos even mean? Sheffield, said Doncaster. You're ruining the duel for everyone. Stop being a prick. Put your thumb on the tablet. Sheffield? Dana was starting to revisit the idea that he was friends with the other new aristocrats, as they all looked thoroughly sick of him. Thrust the tablet rudely back at Athos. "'I am a gentleman, and I have standards,' he announced. "'If you can't produce an opponent worthy of the name Baron Sheffield, I shall not participate.' "'I actually want to kill you right now,' said B between gritted teeth. If he's not playing, I volunteer to sit out, said Aramis quickly, on account of this poem that I would really prefer to be working on. I can solve this, said Athos. Dana saw the look that Aramis and Porthos exchanged, and, oh crap, she knew that look. It meant Athos was about to do something stupid and take the rest of them down with him. She lunged forward to grab the tablet from him, but it was too late. Athos stepped into Sheffield's personal space, crowding him with a dangerous smile. "'I have another name,' he said, making his accent very, very obvious. Posh oozed from his veins. "'I believe you will find it worthy of you, second son of a baron that you are. Not quite in line for the title?' Not with all those pesky nieces and nephews your older sister keeps popping out, but I see why you feel the need to flash the title around, since you're far from home, with hardly anyone to call you on your deception. Sheffield looked at him, confused and angry, but not moving away. I say, let's play a game, said Athos. I'll tell you my real name. And you can decide if I'm worthy of crossing swords with you. Athos, warned Aramis. But if I tell you, Athos continued, you understand. It's not something I want known in general circles, since I am believed by most to be dead. So I'm going to do my damnedest to kill you. How does that sound? It sounds bloody stupid, said B. with a huff. Dana silently agreed. Why couldn't they get it over with? They could all be having a post duel breakfast by now. Sheffield examined Athos from top to toe. It was obvious that he loved the idea of knowing something that should not be known, courting death at the hands of a musketeer. Tell me, he breathed. Athos leaned in, his beard grazing the other man's ear. "'and whispered for a moment. "'Does that suffice?' he said finally, rocking back on his heels. "'Sheffield was flushed across the top of his cheeks. "'He looked as if he had been hit over the head. "'Yes,' he said, stumbling over the words, "'perfectly acceptable. "'I'd like to make it clear that I don't give a fuck who I fight "'as long as it happens sometime this century.' said Doncaster, loudly. What he said, Porthos moaned. Begin, then, said Athos, with a small smile on his face, as if he was very much planning to enjoy this duel. On guard. Fencing bee was no chore. This was enough to make Dana wish they'd gotten to a few fencing bouts on that train back on Valor, instead of gossiping about clothes and boys. B was a competent, measured duellist. And the anger of their previous night's encounter had bled out of both of them by the time they saluted and began. Dana won the first bout with a scratch to the side of B's neck and a ribbon reclaimed from her hair. Bee won the second, slicing a button from Dana's sleeve, which was <laughs> going to be annoying to hunt for in the artifice grass. I could say I'm sorry I lied to you and your brother, and we could call it a draw. Dana offered. B gave her a confused look. After all this... Dana shrugged one shoulder. Doncaster got his duel, at least. We Parisians like tourists to come away with the full experience. They sat on the grass together for a while, watching the others fight. Aramis worked quickly. Her mind on that poem of hers instead of the fight, and she finished off her second bout with Lady Mouin, with the same breathtaking efficiency she had used for the first. Having won both, Aramis retired from the field and picked up her stylus again, though not before kissing Moir's hand, and Dana could not help but notice, collecting her com code. Doncaster and Porthos had fun. He had the reach on her, being taller and wider. She pulled out all her favourite fancy tricks, and he matched them with some of his own. The two of them smirked at each other every time they added a different sword flourish or piece of fancy footwork. They could be at this for hours. Athos and Sheffield had an entirely different kind of duel. Athos fenced with as much calm and method as if he were teaching a class. Indeed, he exhibited far more cool restraint than he ever had when training Dana. Sheffield was sweating. Despite the regulated temperature of the field, it was clear he could see his own death spelled out with every stroke of Athos's sword. "'Is he going to kill him?' B asked. "'He said he would,' said Dana. She shivered at the blank expression Athos wore. It was nothing like the usual manic energy he displayed when fighting with sabres and hammers. This was work, not play.' Tell me why you've been following us, said B, as they watched Athos school Sheffield on fencing technique. What is your interest in Vaniel? It might have been a coincidence that you were at the hotel, she added, but you were definitely watching him. And I saw you follow the Marquis de Ward in the restaurant. You're up to something. It was not B's skill with the sword that made her dangerous, Dana reminded herself. "'She was aligned with Milord, lord, and he had Conrad's life in his hands. "'Time for Lexi Charlemagne to save the day. "'For once, Dana was not going to try to punch her way out of a problem. "'She was going to be smart about it.' "'It's embarrassing,' Dana said, biting her lip to look younger and less threatening. "'But it's not a professional interest.' I met you for the first time when I was working under another name, and I'm sorry about that, because it's ruined everything, but... She gave B a helpless look. B looked doubtful. Not! Dana summoned up all those odd feelings she had glimpsed on the train when she realised how much she enjoyed Vaniel's company. I was watching him in the restaurant because I like him, she sighed. That's it. No mystery. You can laugh at me now. Bee did laugh, a delightful sound ringing out across the artifice meadow. Oh, no, she gasped. I know nothing will come of it, said Dana, avoiding Bee's gaze for, oh, so many reasons. It sold the idea rather well. I can't help myself. Does this mean I challenged you to a duel over his love life, Bee laughed? Air and fire, he'll never let me hear the end of it. Dana gave her a stricken look. You mustn't tell him. The thought of my lord de Winter's sister-in-law telling him that Dana d'Artagnan fancied him was genuinely excruciating. She didn't have to fake her reaction at all. You'd rather nurse your crush in secret and let him continue to throw himself uselessly at the Marquise de Ward? Be challenged. Dana sighed. Athos had managed to slash both sleeves off his opponent. He drove him steadily closer and closer to the church, proving with every step that he was the stronger duelist. Daniel would make a terrible boyfriend,' B continued. "'Really? He talks about politics all the time, and his work is everything to him. I love him dearly, but he was a dreadful husband to my sister.' You care about him, don't you? said Dana. It was a mystery to her, that B, who seemed like a genuine and open person, was so convinced that Milord was worth caring about. Family stick together, said B staunchly. I like hearing him talk about politics, Dana confessed, and managed a small laugh that she hoped came across as girlish and romantic. It doesn't matter. I know he'd never be interested in me. Give me your comm code, said B, in a thoughtful sort of voice. You're going to help me, Dana said in surprise. We'll see. Only after they had exchanged codes did Dana look up to see Athos bearing his opponent roughly onto the grass, sword first. Oh, fuck, he has killed him, she exclaimed forgetting to be Alex Charlemagne slightly in love for a moment. She leapt to her feet and ran full pelt for the other musketeers. "'Let's get out of here!' Bee shouted to her other friends. They fled the scene, skirting around the Luxembourg and away. Sheffield lay on the grass with a sword in his chest and a sucking sound coming from his mouth. Aramis cast her notebook aside and approached the fallen man with a grim expression and a medikit. Athos, I hate it when you do this. I know, said Athos, breathing hard from his duel. But how could anyone be expected to meet a man like that and not put a sword in his chest? One of these days I'd like you to invest in some anger management techniques that don't involve collapsing someone's lung, Aramis said primly. Porthos. Lift! Porthos reached over and yanked the sword out of Sheffield's chest. He yelled in pain and flapped his mouth uselessly for air as blood soaked the fine linen of his fencing jacket. Aramis ripped the jacket open and slapped a patch over the wound on Sheffield's chest. He gasped, then fell unconscious. The thing about a collapsed lung said Athos, sounding almost cheerful. It's traumatic enough that the healing process keeps them comatose for hours. You can almost guarantee twenty to forty minutes of memory loss. Dana stared at him. He won't remember the duel. Or any words that might have been exchanged shortly before the duel. That's right. Athos bounced lightly on the balls of his feet fancy breakfast. I'm going to punch you now, Dana informed him. Give me a minute to finish this off and I'll hold him down for you, said Aramis. Porthos, kindly drop Athos's victim off at the nearest Medibay before you all go for a victory breakfast and leave me alone to finish my fucking poem. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. This podcast was recorded on Palawar land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional owners and continuing custodians of Lutruwita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates, follow me on Twitter at TansyRR, and if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards Early ebooks and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week.